0: You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Great to see you guys worshiping here in the Cameo, as well as those of you that are joining us online. And there are a couple of things that I wanna make you guys aware of before we continue with the service. And one is about our Christmas uh, schedule, because as some of you know, Christmas falls on a Sunday this year. And so we're gonna have three Christmas Eve services. And let me show you those times. They're gonna be 3 p.m., 4.30 and six o'clock p.m. So make sure and get those times for our live in-person services right here at the Cameo Theater. Now, another thing I want to tell you about Christmas Eve services is that uh, we're gonna all, we're gonna encourage each other to wear our pajamas. I didn't even have a pair of pajamas. So, uh, I had to order some pajamas on Amazon. So you can wear your pajamas to the services that day and bring the kids into the theater because it's gonna be a kid-friendly service on Christmas Eve. In addition, we're gonna have baptisms on Christmas Eve. So if you or someone in your family or friends that has believed in Jesus and not yet been baptized, then by all means. Go to our website, get registered to be baptized on Christmas Eve services. And then remember on Christmas Day, since it falls on a Sunday, we want you to be at home with your families. We don't want you to come up to church. So uh, we're going to have streaming services online only on Christmas Day, but no in-person services. And then the same is true of New Year's this year. Since New Year's is on a Sunday, we want all our church eagle volunteers, as well as congregation, all you guys, to all the tribe to be at home with your families. So we're going to stream only on New Year's Day, but it's an important day because that streaming service is going to give us instructions in preparation for what's coming up the first part of 2023, which is our annual 21 Days of Prayer series that starts on January the 8th. And so start now thinking about what you may want to abstain from or fast from during the 21 days—it's something we do every year. We fast from different things. Some people are going to fast from different foods like meat, chocolate, coffee, and the like. Other people are going to fast from multi—you uh, know—social uh, uh, media or you know Netflix or you know stuff like that. See, so we do that in order to focus in on the Lord and get focused for our for our year. And we pray during that time. So it's a significant series for our church. Now, another thing I want to make you aware of, those of you that are in middle and high school or you have middle and high school age kids, we, we have a special guest speaker this Wednesday night at City Youth, Lorenzo Gomez. He's the author of three different books, and uh, he's been you know, on the top of the Amazon list in his category for books, an amazing communicator that really connects with students, and he's going to tell some of his life experiences growing up in the inner city west side here in San Antonio. So make sure and get your students here Wednesday night for City Youth. I believe that starts at 6.30 p.m. and continues until about 8.30 that night. So today we have a special guest speaker coming to communicate. He's a dear friend of mine. And some years ago, I met this guy. Have you ever met someone where you become fast friends, where you meet and you feel like you've known each other for your whole life? Well, that's the case with the friend that's gonna bring the message to us today. Um, He's a fellow pastor at a sister church here in our city on the inner city west side. And he uh, has been a dear friend to me through hard times. You know, we've walked each other, through difficult times, and we're just uh, dear friends. You know, I talked to him about just about everything. You know, so um, he's uh, leading an awesome church that helps addicts get off the streets, and they live in homes and get taken care of in their uh, in their outcry homes. And he's the senior pastor of the Metanoia Church here in San Antonio, and he has influence over pastors all over the world. So would you give a rowdy and warm City Tribe welcome to my dear friend, Pastor
1: Jubal Garcia. Good morning, City Tribe. Okay, you guys are more awake than the last service. Let's pray before I start. I got a few minutes for you. And, uh, I really think God's gonna do something special today. I don't think we come to the house of God just to come. I know that we come for a reason. I know I come for a reason and I know today God's gonna do something really special in your heart and I'm excited for this. So let's pray. Let's ask God's blessing on the service and On every person that's going to hear God's Word today. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for a brand new day, a brand new week. Thank you that not only are we here in the house of God, but we're with the family of God. Lord, today we pray that as uh, we listen to your Word, as we unpack everything you want to teach us, I pray that we wouldn't just listen but that we would respond. God, I pray that we wouldn't walk out, that we would walk out different than the way we walked in. We didn't come to hear a preacher or a singer. We've come to hear from you, God. And so our hearts are open and our minds are focused. God, do everything you want to do. In Jesus name, we pray. Somebody say amen this morning. You know, I heard a story years ago about a young boy who wanted a a bicycle. And he talked to his dad and he said, dad, I really want this bicycle for Christmas. And his dad said, well, you know, you have, you haven't done too well this year, son, and you've been struggling this year. So how about you think about it? Maybe pray, ask God and, and, and if God puts it in our hearts, me and your mom will get you a bicycle. And so he goes upstairs to his room and he pulls out a sheet of paper. I don't know if you've ever read a, written a letter to Jesus. He writes a letter to Jesus and he pulls out a sheet of paper. He begins to write and he says, dear Jesus, uh, if, you'll give me a bicycle this year for Christmas. I'll be a good boy for six months. And he signs the, the letter. And right before he folds it up, he thinks about it and he says, ah, oh, that's a long time. And so he crumbles it up and grabs another sheet of paper, says, dear Jesus, if you give me a bicycle, I'll be good for three months. And then he thinks about that one and says, man, that's, that's a long time. Crumbles that one up. Dear Jesus, if you give me a bicycle, I'll be good for one month. And crumbles that one up. Jesus, um, please, I want a bicycle. I'll be good for two weeks. Thinks about that one. Crumbles that piece of paper up. Dear Jesus, I promise one week I'll be really, really good if you give me a bike. And finally, he crumbles that one up. Dear Jesus, I will be good for one day if you give me a bicycle. And right before he folds it up, he crumbles it up again. Throws all those sheets of paper in the garbage opens the door to his room, runs down the stairs, runs outside the front door of his house, out of his house, into his neighborhood, down the street, two blocks, makes a right, finds the first church he can find, opens the front door of the church, runs down on the stage. There's a picture of the Virgin Mary on the wall. He rips that wall, that picture off the wall, puts it under his arm and runs out. The church closes the door down the street, two blocks, makes a right, goes down the street, gets to his front door, opens his front door, slams it with a picture under his arm, runs up the stairs into his room, slams the door, goes into the closet, opens the closet, throws the picture in there, closes the door, gets a sheet of paper and says, Dear Jesus, I have your mother. If you ever want to see her again, a bicycle, please. You know, our, there's power in what we say. There's power in our words. We have uh, a responsibility that's heavy as followers of Jesus whenever we speak, whenever we talk, whenever we communicate to people. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that the power of life and death is on our tongue. The Bible makes it very clear that as followers of Jesus, we have responsibilities with the words we say. We can't take our words lightly. We can't just say whatever we feel we want to say. The Bible says as a follower of Jesus, you've got to be aware you're responsible for what you say. And there's one book in the Bible that really specifies, really zeroes in on this subject. It's the letter of James. And James is written during the first century. And he writes to the church and he says, listen, I want to make you aware of the importance and the responsibility and as the weight you carry as a follower of Jesus. Now, James is only five chapters, but it's a very challenging book. It's a very, very challenging book. I tell my church all the time, if you have no interest in changing, don't read James. If you have a desire to grow in your walk with Jesus, that's one of the books you have to just begin to just continue to read and continue to digest in your Christian walk. It's one of the most challenging books in the Bible. And James in chapter one, verse 26, he begins to talk about the subject of the power of your words. He says this in verse 26. He says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, Deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. James goes right in. James doesn't, doesn't pull any punches. He goes in right away and he goes, let me make it very clear. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you don't control your tongue, everything you're saying is worthless. Your religion, the, the, you know, the fact that you post that you're at church, a Christian t shirt you wear, it's worthless if you can't keep track of what you're saying. And so I want to take a few minutes today to, talk to you on the subject death or life the power of your words the power of your words and why is this important it's important because you and i live in a generation where everyone feels that they have a right to say whatever they want about anything and everyone there are no filters anymore there's no respect for authority everyone has a judgmental and a critical word about everything they feel like they just can say whatever They feel like they can just spew poison and toxicity and write comments and say whatever they want just because they felt it. And James starts talking to the followers of Jesus and says, hey, listen, as a follower of Jesus, you don't have that luxury. As a follower of Jesus, you have a responsibility to pay attention to what you're about to say. And so I want to take just a few minutes today and talk about a few verses in James and unpack some principles for you that'll help you. And here's why. We're in the holiday season. We're about to see a lot of family, a lot of friends. We're about to visit some people and we're going to see some people we don't want to see. We're going to run into people we don't like, right? I don't know how, you know, our churches, especially this church and our church, Metanoia down the street, we're multicultural. There's a lot of races. And I always tell people, I don't know about any other race. I can talk to you about the Mexican race. Here's what I can tell you about the Mexican race. All Mexicans have at least one person in their family that we don't talk to and we haven't talked to in years. And here's the worst part. We don't even know why we don't talk to them. We just don't talk. You walk into the family reunion at grandma's house and what does your mom say? No les hables, no les hables a ellos. How come we don't talk? I don't know, No, no, no les hables. It's like, why don't we talk to them? I have a cousin like that. And years later, I'm like, Primo, why don't we talk? He's like, I don't know. They told me not to talk to y'all. I'm like, but Primo, I didn't do nothing to you. He goes, I know. I didn't do nothing to you. I said, well, let's talk. And now we're friends. But our culture is crazy. And that's what's going to happen in the next few days. You're going to meet people and run into people and kind of walk in a room with people that you may not like. You don't get along with. have been saying some crazy things about you and your kids. And you're going to have to be careful with what you say. You're gonna have to warn yourself and go, hey, Lord, you need to watch my mouth because, you know, I may not say some nice things. It's so important to start off the year in a proper way because how you end something determines how you begin something new. And so it's not about going, let me just lash out for the next 16 days because I got, you know, 16 days in 2022. And then January 1st, my mouth is saved now. I'm gonna have a saved mouth in 23. No, it's about to end this year right. God's going to put you to the test in the next few weeks. And so what we want to do is we want to get some tools in our in our armory and go, okay, let's get some tools where we can make some adjustments because here's what happens in the Christian life. The Christian life is a journey. It's all about making adjustments and shifts and changes. And I know sometimes people tell stories of these incredible, magnificent experiences with God, right? Where the light shines through the clouds and the trumpets blared and the gates of heaven opened and they heard Peter talking. And I've never had one of those experiences and good for those who have them. My life, in my Christian life, it's been a series of small adjustments, small changes, small shifts, where God begins to just make little shifts in my life that make big differences. It may be asking my brother for forgiveness. It may be making an adjustment to forgive someone else. It may be something, but God is always making small adjustments in our lives, and one thing you want to do in the Christian life is you want to make yourself aware that it's a journey. It's a process. It takes time, And God is going to walk you through this. And God will use every experience, good and bad, every circumstance in your life to get you to make those adjustments. And so today, I want to give you some tools that you can take home and go, these are very practical, and I think I can put these to use. We're going to use the book of James to talk about that. Here's the first thing I want to tell you. First tool in your belt. Ready? My words will determine the direction of my life. My words will determine the direction of my life. Can you all say that with me real quick out loud? Ready? Go. My words will determine the direction of my life. You know that you and I become the sum total of the words that are spoken into our life? The words that are spoken into our life, they make us who we are. Let me tell you something else. You tend to become, watch this, you tend to become what the most influential person in your life said you would be. You typically tend to become what the most influential person in your life said you would be. James talks about this in chapter three, verse three and four. Look at what he talks about when he starts painting a picture of the power of words. Verse three, we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. And with these bits, we can control the whole body. Verse four, it is the same with ships. A ship is very big and it's pushed by strong winds, but a very small rudder controls the big ship. And the one who controls the rudder decides where the ship will go. It goes where he wants it to go. James says, let me give you two word pictures. Number one, a bit that's put in a horse's mouth. You have a massive horse and put a bit in it and you'll control that horse. You take a rudder and that small rudder will control the ship. James says, it's the same way with your tongue. It may be a small part of your body, but it controls the direction of your life. I'll prove it to you. My father was a very strict father, but he's a very loving father. I grew up with a father who loved us, hugged us, kissed us, told us he loved us. I'd always see him hugging and kissing my mom and they were just in love all the time. And my dad always prayed for us on the way to school and come here, let let me pray for you. Now, every morning before I went to school, come here, let me pray for you. Come here, let me pray for you. And that was cool when I was a kid. When I got to middle school and I started liking girls and I started combing my hair, I had a problem with him praying. My dad, you can pray. Just don't touch the hair, bro. Like, don't. My dad was an old Pentecostal preacher. Come here, Father, in the name of Jesus. And he was just messing up everything. I'm like, bro, come on. But he was that kind of father. And you know what he always did? He always spoke into our lives, all of us. He said, hey, son, I want you to know I love you. I'm proud of you. I believe everything God's going to do in your life. God's going to use your life. God's going to raise you up. He spoke words of life constantly to all of us. I can see now that I'm where I travel and I preach and I go to different places and I begin to see those words that he spoke to us come to life because I had a father who constantly spoke those words into us. There's another man that you don't know, but I know his name is Gonzalo Olivares. You've never heard of that man, but you know who Gonzalo Olivares was? He was the most Flint most influential man in my life as a child. You know who he was? He was my children's teacher. When I would go to children's ministry, he would teach us. And he taught the Bible so incredibly that I always wanted to read and study and know God's word just because of how that man taught it. He wasn't paid staff. He wasn't on the the payroll. He was a volunteer who gave up Sundays to teach kids. And it influenced my life. As a matter of fact, I wanted to teach the Bible because of Gonzalo. As a matter of fact, I now teach the Bible because of that man. What am I teaching you? That look at the power of influence. Look at the power of words. Look at the power of when you speak life into someone. But it doesn't just apply for someone speaking into your life. It applies for how we speak also. You know, in the book of Proverbs chapter 20, look at what it says. It says, those who curse their father or mother... Their lamp will be snuffed out when it becomes dark. If you curse your father and your mother, if you say negative things about your mother, negative things about your father, and some of you in your head, you're going, but if you knew my mom, if you knew my dad, man, you know, my dad, he's tough. That's irrelevant. Scripture says you don't speak a negative word against them. And look what scripture says, if you choose to make a decision to speak like that against your parents, look what it says, their lamp, your lamp will be snuffed out when it becomes dark. You know what the lamp represents? It represents God's word. It represents the direction of God in your life. And so Proverbs is telling you is that if you choose to speak like this against your own parents, look what Proverbs is saying, you may even miss God's direction for your life. You may even miss where God wants to take you. And so look at the power of how words shape our lives when they speak them to us and when we speak them to others. It it literally lays the pathway for where our life is headed. So I want you to say with me, I'm a very interactive preacher. When my church, we're always talking back and forth. So I want you to say this with me, okay? Say this. Say, we shape our words. Okay, don't be scared. I'm visiting, but I'm part of this family too. Don't worry, all right? We shape our words. And then our words shape us. That's what we're learning. We shape our words and then our words shape us. We say something, we allow something to come out, we allow something to come in and that lays the pathway for where we're going. Here's the second thing I wanna teach you today. My words can destroy what I have. My words can destroy what I have. Say that with me. My words can destroy what I have. Look, you don't have to pick up a gun or kill someone to destroy your life. Your tongue can destroy your life. Your tongue can destroy your marriage. Your tongue can destroy your children. Your tongue can destroy your career. And James continues to to unpack this for us in verse 5 and 6. He says this, it is the same with the tongue. It is a small part of the body, but it brags about great things. And look what he says. A big forest fire can be started with only a little flame, verse 6, and the tongue is like a fire. It is a whole world of evil among the parts of our bodies. The tongue spreads its evil throughout the whole body. The tongue is set on fire by hell, and it starts a fire that influences all of life. Look at James. He's, he's painting this picture and says, listen, an uncontrolled tongue, untamed words can set Everything on fire can bring destruction and can tear everything apart. And why is this important? Again, our culture teaches you and our culture is teaching our young people to criticize and judge and comment and tear down anything you don't agree with. doesn't matter what it destroys. doesn't matter who it hurts. It doesn't matter what it, who it affects. And we've, as followers of Jesus, we've got to be responsible with our words. You've got to be careful with what you say. And Proverbs says it really clearly in verse 10, chapter 10, verse 19. It says, you will say the wrong thing if you talk too much. So be sensible and watch what you say. You know what Solomon is saying there? Solomon is making it very clear. I don't know if you understand that version. I'll give you another version. Solomon is simply saying, sometimes... Just shut up. That's it. It's just, uh, just shut up sometimes. Just be quiet. You don't have to say everything you think. You don't have to comment on every post. You don't have to put a, uh, put a, uh, uh, some kind of reaction on everything that is put out there. And sometimes we, some of us get a little spiritual, right? Well, it's just that I felt led by the Holy Spirit. To comment about her post because she calls herself a christian and she shouldn't be listen you're not the holy spirit that's not your job you got a problem with her pray for her you got a problem with that brother pray for him what good what good is your negative comment gonna do in her life what is solomon saying you're gonna say the wrong thing you talk too much you're going to say the wrong thing if you talk too much. You remember the statement your mama used to tell you or your daddy used to tell you or your grandma used to tell you. Fill in the blank. Ready? If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't. Why am I even preaching? You know this. This is, this is known to us. We know that, hey, if our words are going to be toxic to someone, Don't say anything. Yeah, but I don't agree with them. Well, I don't like that. Okay, listen, let me make it very clear, okay? You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. You've just got to be careful with where you allow your words to go. So here's another phrase. You ready for this? Say this with me. Pass the negatives up. Praises down. One more time. Pass the negatives up. Praises down. What does that mean? You got a problem with someone? Take them up to God. You want to gossip about someone? Gossip about them to God. I do that sometimes. There's people I don't like. I don't know if preachers should be saying that, but there's some people I'm like, Lord, I'm about to talk to this guy. You know I don't like this guy. Give me wisdom, man. Help me out. Give me patience. Lord, do something. Shut me up. Quiet my mouth. Blind my eyes. Whatever I have to do, God, to not say something dumb, help me out. And so you know what I do with my negatives? I send them up. And then you know what I do with the good things? I pass them down to everyone around me. You know what I'm learning to do? I'm learning to speak words that are going to build people up, edify them, encourage them, and push them forward in their Christian life. Because if I meet you and all I do is talk negative to you, what is that doing to you? It's filling your soul with poison and toxicity. And how is that helping you grow? How is that helping your family? How is that helping your marriage? How is that helping your relationship? It's not. So what do I do? I pass the negatives up. Praises down. Anything negative I want to say, anything negative or toxic, I give it to God and say, Lord, help me, man. I don't, I, this, I, I don't agree with this. I don't understand this. And I just give it all to him. And then with the, with the good things, with the words of life and encouragement, I give those to people. So you got to make a decision today. Pass the negatives up and the praises down here's the last thing number three talking about the power of words my words always reveal my heart say that with me my words always reveal my heart you ever said something I think we've all done this you ever said something that you shouldn't have said and it comes out and you say something like this I can't believe I said that and then if you get really real spiritual you go something like this that's not me you ever said that and you know what James is saying? That's exactly you. That's who you are. You know why? Let me give you the principle. You ready? The principle is this. Whatever is coming out of the bucket is what's in the well. If you're pulling salt water out of the, out of the bucket, guess what's in the well? Salt water. So if I'm speaking toxicity, it's because in my heart, the problem is not my mouth. The problem's my heart, James says. If I'm speaking negative, it's because my heart's negative. My mouth's not negative. My, my, my heart's negative. If I'm speaking poison, it's because my heart's poisoned. If I'm speaking hurt and anger and hatred and unforgiveness, it's because James is saying, that is what's in your heart. Prove it to you. James 3, 9 and 10. Watch this. My dear friends, our tongues, with our tongues, we speak both praises and curses. We praise the Lord and Father and we curse people who were created to be like God and this isn't right. Verse 11 and 12, can clean water and dirty water both flow from the same spring? Verse 12, can a fig tree produce olives? A grapevine produce figs? Does fresh water come from a well full of salt water? What is James saying? What's coming out of your mouth is what's in your heart. It's getting a little quiet in here. Someone say something, sneeze or something. You know, people online will think I'm in an empty room again. James is making it very clear. So, one more illustration. Put your index finger up. Come on now. Come on now. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Even you, my man. I saw you. He did it. He was like. All right. All right. I see it. I see it. So, say this with me. Say, the real problem. Do this. Say, isn't my tongue. It's my heart. What are we learning from James? If I'm speaking unforgiveness and I can't stand my, my sister because she did this and that, you know what the problem is? Not my words. It's my heart. It's because I haven't forgiven yet. I haven't let go yet. I haven't given that to God yet. I haven't released that yet. Whatever is coming out of your mouth is what's in your heart. And James says, you can't fool anybody because you can't have a well that's full of salt water and expect to pull out sweet water. If it's salt water, guess what's coming out of the bucket? Salt water. James is making it very clear. The real problem isn't my words, my tongue. It's my heart. He closes it with this in verse seven and eight. He says, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's restless and evil, full of deadly poison. I know you came here for an encouraging word today. You didn't come in here to hear that your mouth is full of poison and evil and deadly and restless. So I'm not going to stop here. It would be horrible if I stopped here. But there's a solution. A very simple solution to solve this whole problem with our words. And here's what they are. There's three things. Number one, allow God to change my heart. I got to let God change my heart. I got to go to God and say, you know what? I have, there's something in my heart that hasn't been healed yet. I haven't given up yet. There's, my, words are, are, my words are saying something and they're exposing something that's in me. And notice what I said, allow God to change my heart. Why? Because religion will never change your heart. Church will never change your heart. Attending a church service will never change your heart. Let me take it a step further. Even someone praying for you will never change your heart. There's only one person who does heart surgery. and His name is Jesus. He's the only one that can change a heart. We can change attitudes. We can change character. We can change uh, mannerisms. We can change etiquette, but only Jesus can transform a heart. He's the only one that can do it. And this is why our churches talk about Jesus so much. Because he's the only one that can transform lives. You know, my father, he was addicted to heroin for many, many years of his life. Many years of his life. And he tried everything to get off heroin. He tried group therapy and psychology and psychiatry. He even went to uh, Spanish witch doctors. They're called curanderos. He went to them and he asked them for help and nobody could help him. As a matter of fact, one time he went to Fort Worth, Texas to the the Fort Worth Hospital for Narcotic Addicts. And after a few months, they sent him home. And you know what what his file says? They labeled him a hopeless case. There was no hope. That's how he got home with a hopeless case stamped on his file. And then he went to Los Angeles, California, and they told him about a, a, a home for addicts that that God was doing something there. And he sat like you are sitting right now, and there was a man that told him about a man named Jesus. He came forward and he gave his life to Jesus. And when he got up from that altar, my father was never the same. Never the same. God transformed his life. My father used to make a joke and he used to tell us, I say, Dad. God really changed you, right? He said, yeah, man. He said, son, he said, after God changed, this was in 1966. He said, after the Lord saved me in 1966, the hardest thing I ever took was a a Tylenol, man. Never took nothing else. God completely transformed me. And so when I tell you about transformation, I'm not talking about church or religion. I'm talking about a person named Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm telling you, if you want your heart to change, Jesus is the only one that can transform your life. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians. He says it this way This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. That's why some of us were coming to church and there's no no change taking place. It's because you're expecting church to do it, or religion to do it, or the building to do it, or your attendance to do it. And Paul says, If anyone is in Christ, you've got to allow Jesus to make the transformation. And when he changes you, trust me, you will know. Here's the second thing you want to do, okay? You want to allow God to change your heart. Here's the second thing. you got to put a filter on what you allow in your heart. Put a filter on what you allow in your heart. You've got to be careful. You've got to remove negative people from your life, negative things. I'm not telling you what to watch or what to listen to, but you can't expect to put all that negativity in your soul and expect life to come out of your mouth. Matthew 12, Jesus said this. He said, a good man brings good things out of the good that's stored in his heart. A bad man brings evil out of the evil stored in his heart. What does that mean? It means everything you watch, everything you listen to, everything you expose your soul to, it's taking up data space in your soul. And when you open your mouth, that's what's coming out. If you're ever wondering, why do I always speak negative? It's because there's negativity in your soul. Why do I always speak angry? Why do I always just come across like if I'm frustrated or, or upset or depressed? It's because that's what's in your spirit. Proverbs says it this way. Above all, be careful with what you think because your thoughts control your life. Because your thoughts control your life. Proverbs 4.23. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. you. Ready for this? Choose to speak words of life. Choose to speak words of life. What do I mean by that? You've got to be intentional. You're going to have to make a decision today and go, okay, I'm going to allow God to change my heart. I'm going to filter whatever I allow inside of me, but I've got to choose to speak words of life. You know why? It's got to be intentional. You got to do it on purpose. It's not going to come naturally. You know why? Because human nature always draws us to the negative, right? You always draws us to the negative. Right. If, if they call us to our boss's office or, you know, or the board of directors wants to talk to you in your company, or, you know, when you were a kid, they called you to the principal's office. Right. You never walked in the principal's office going, man, I'm going to get an award today. And or you never go to the C, the, the boardroom and go like, man, they're going to give me a bonus and they're going to move me up where I want to be here. Nothing. We always draw into the negative. Right. Why? Because human nature is drawn to the negativity. Let I me mean, prove it to you. you. Ever seen a car accident on the side of the road? You know why traffic's slow? Not because of the accident. Everybody's driving like this. Why are we drawn to the negative? We love the negative. And so human nature is always drawn to the negative. So what you have to do is you got to make an intentional decision. I'm going to speak words of life. Because if you're not careful, death will come out automatically. And so what are words of life? Here we are. We're done. But here's what they are. Words of affection. Words of affection. When was the last time you spoke words of affection to your spouse, to your children, to your mom, to your dad, to your boyfriend, your girlfriend, and just spoke words of affection? No agenda, right? Mom, I love you. Can we go to Whataburger? No, just words of affection. It just says, hey, I just want to tell you I love you. That's it. I just called for no agenda. just called to tell you I love you. Call your mom today after church and go, mom, there's no reason. I just want to tell you I love you. Here's another one. Words of praise. When was the last time you praised your spouse, praised your husband, your wife, praised your children, just praise them and just honor them and, and just say, you know what? I just want to thank you and love you and just give you credit and just give you honor just for everything you do. When was the last time you called your mom and said, mom, I just want to praise you today and thank you and honor you and just say, thank you for everything you did for us growing up. Life wasn't easy. Life was tough. But guess what, man? We, we made it through. God was faithful. Words of praise that build people up. Here's another one. Words of encouragement. Words of encouragement. Just to call someone and say, look, I, I don't know what you're going through, man. I, I really, I've never been through that. So I don't know. But what I do know is God is with you and, and he'll, he, you're going to come out of this. And some people call me like that. And just called me when I was going. Your pastor was like that. He was like, hey, man, I just want to say I love you. And no matter what, I'm your friend for life. I was like, thanks, Dougie. I love you, man. Thank you so much. Here's another one, words of healing, words of healing. I have a friend of mine. He's a a, a very known big worship leader. And my father, when he died, my father died 14 years ago. And I had tons of emails, tons of phone calls, tons of messages, tons of voicemails. I don't remember anything anybody said, but my friend calls me and he says, Jubal, I have no agenda on this phone call. I just want to tell you, I love you and I want to pray for you. He said, Lord, I pray for my friend. And out of all the messages I got. I just remember my friend telling me, I love you, and I want to pray for you. They were words of healing in a moment that was the worst day of my life. People need that from you. You don't just need it from someone. People need it from you. How many of our children need words of healing that we don't even know about? I, I, I do that to my son, words of faith. Here's the last one, words of faith. You know what a word of faith is? A word of faith is believing what God can do. Where you tell someone, look, I know you're going through a tough season and I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know when it's going to work out, but we have a heavenly father that says that all things work together for good to those who love God. And so I'm going to believe in you, with with you, for what God's going to do. When's the last time you spoke words of faith to someone? I do that to my son all the time. My son's six right now. Be seven tomorrow. I got a birthday party for him in about two hours. I got to get out of here. And every morning I pray for him. We're in carpool. I'm dropping him off at school. And I'm like, son, let me pray for you. And I lay hands on him and I pray for my baby. He's, not in, he's, he's in kinder, so he hasn't, he hasn't, he's not into girls yet, so I can mess up his hair. I pray over his life. And then I tell him one thing. You know what I tell him? Every morning I say, son, what are the two most important things you need to know? He sits up and he goes, I'm a Jesus boy. And I'm a Garcia. Exactly. You're ready for school. You are ready for school, young man. What am I doing? Speaking words of faith in him. Don't forget you represent Jesus. You're a son of God and you have a last name and a legacy to hold on to. You got to live up to that. Sometimes when he's struggling, I'm like, baby, baby, you can't do that. You can't talk like that. Why? My friends, I, I get your friends are doing that, but you are got to see You don't, we don't do that. That's not how we live. Got to see a don't live like that. What am I doing? Speaking words of life into him. I'm molding him. I'm shaping his character. I'm giving him security. I'm laying the foundation. Why? Because my baby boy needs that. You need that. And that's why you have a pastor that speaks words of life to you constantly every week. But it doesn't stop there. We can't be spiritual gluttons. What that means? When you just sit here and just eat and eat and eat every Sunday. You got to be able to give it to when you walk out of here, you know what God does? He equips you in this room so that you can get out of here, and impact your community. People need the words of life. So make a decision today. I got one thing I want to do with you. I don't have enough time, but I'll just do it real quick. Everybody got a, a, a tube of a toothpaste. Yes. Did you get it? Okay. Here's what we're going to do. You're not going to do anything. I'm going to do it because if not, we'll make a mess in this room. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to keep it with you. I want you to take it with you. Here's why. I always do a game in my church when I do this illustration, and here's the game. I always get some people on stage, and I offer a prize, and there's two steps to the game. You ready? I get them all on stage, and I tell them, here's step number one. When I count to three, I want to see who can empty the tube of toothpaste faster, and I say, one, now nobody do it here, okay? Because you're going to get these seats messy. I always go, one, two, three, and guess what they do? They squeeze it, and they squeeze it, and they squeeze it, and they squeeze it, and they get all that toothpaste out, right? That's step number one. That's one. That's one player. I said, here's the second step. The winner is going to be the first one who can put the toothpaste back inside the tube. Here's why. Because this example is like your words. Once they're out, you can't put them back. And so I wanted you to take a tube of toothpaste with you to remember the illustration Be careful with what you say to your spouse, your children, your friends, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your mom, your dad, your cousins. Once your words are out, you cannot put them back in. And so some of you are going to have to put this in your car. Some of you are going to have to put this. If you're married and you guys are rough, you got to put it in your bedroom and just be like, you know, when you wake up, be like, all right, Lord, I know what what you're telling me. There was one guy back there that said he's going to make a necklace out of it because he's, (laughs) I don't know who that guy was. But we just gave him a box of toothpaste. Like, here you go, bro. Just take them. But I want you to take this with you. I always give my church little, little things they can take home, little facilitations that they can take home just to remind you. And if you have to put a date on here, get a Sharpie and put a, or put James chapter three, but whatever you have to do, remember the illustration. Once your words are out, you can never put them back. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for being clear with us. Thank you for giving us clarity. Lord, I pray that as we end 2022, I pray that as we begin 2023, that we don't just become the kind of followers of Jesus that sit here every morning, under every Sunday, under anointed preaching and receive, but never walk out of here and give. And so, Lord, I pray that we would become aware and conscious about the responsibility we have with our words. As followers of Jesus, we are responsible to speak life and responsible to not speak death. Lord, I pray over this church. I pray over this leadership and these pastors, God, that you would give them a fresh anointing to end this year and begin the new year. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this community. Thank you for everything they do for our city. We love City Tribe. We bless them today, God. In Jesus' name we pray. If you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Just pray with me right there where you're at. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, my guilt, and you died for it. You faced hell for me so that I wouldn't have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. Now I want everybody, a city tribe, to declare this out loud, say, God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my Helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. City Tribe, God bless you guys. Have a merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you for having me.
0: Is it okay if I have him back? Right on, right? Yeah, uh, Jubal and I have this deal where he has to come at least once a year to City Tribe because we love him here and thank God for a very practical word. And I'm not gonna forget my toothpaste or my toothpaste tube here. I'm gonna give it to my wife, okay? See, See? <laughs> and she's gonna give me five more. But anyways, uh, as we wrap up, just a couple of things I wanna make you guys aware of. Uh, one is is that one of the ways that we worship is through our financial stewardship. And so uh, if you're not a Christian and don't buy into all this or don't believe in Jesus or any of that, we totally understand if you don't participate in the financial part of the worship. But those of us that follow Jesus, we wanna put our money where our mouth is. You know what I'm saying? And so we start with the tithe and then from there, we say, Jesus, whatever you wanna do, uh, year end is a good time to get caught up on our financial stewardship and to give in such a way that's honoring to Jesus. Since we don't pass buckets or plates or anything here at City Tribe, there are four ways to pull that off. By mail, you can mail it into the PO box number on screen. By text, you can text to tithe. You can go to the giving stations located near the exits of the theater, or you can just get on any device and go to citytribe.com dot church slash tithe and take care of it in that way. Uh, Now, next week, I wanna let you know, we're gonna get back to the God Moment series and we're gonna be looking at the Magi. Have you heard of the Magi? If ever there was like a Jedi Council in the Bible, it's the Magi and we're gonna do a deep dive into the Magi and see how that relates to you and I right now, today. And so make sure and come on back for that. If you don't mind, stand up and let me speak some words over you by way of benediction. If you're with your crew, you can put your arm around someone, put a hand out in a position to receive and receive these words over you. Because you know, there are some people that when you want to say nice things to, you have to work hard at it, right? But you're not that people. You're that people that I enjoy saying nice things about because I love you. And so dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, may you walk from here with a full tube of toothpaste because you didn't squirt anything out you weren't supposed to. And may you walk from here with such good and encouraging words that your words are like apples of gold in place settings of silver. So go from here with a bridled and appropriate tongue. You guys are loved. We'll see you next week. And before you leave, if you need prayer, our prayer leader is gonna be right down here at the front. They love you and they wanna pray for you uh, if that would be helpful for you. You guys have a great Sunday and we'll see you next time. Peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, Check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.